0: For a year now, many women, including friends and family members of mine, probably friends and family members of yours too, have refused to get the COVID vaccine out of fear that it would disrupt their menstrual cycle. The experts called these women idiots, conspiracy theorists, anti-science rubes. The public health establishment spoke with one voice through the largest media channels in America to fact-check and debunk these claims. The science, we were told, was clear. The COVID vaccines do not affect women's menstrual cycles. We're going to turn now to our Dr. Jen Ashton, who has some answers to some of your more pressing medical Mm -hmm. questions. We'll start with the first one, Dr. Jen. Is there a relationship between the vaccines and menstrual cycles? We've definitely talked about this. Oh, we sure have, you guys. And this is really spreading like wildfire on social media with zero scientific or medical basis for this. Remember, in medicine, every time we talk about a study, a finding, what is the first thing we say? Big difference between association and causation. So, yes, women can get the vaccine and then experience changes in their menstrual cycle. That does not mean that
1: one causes the other. And in fact, if you look at the biology of how these vaccines work, there is zero hormonal interaction. So, please let's put
0: that to rest.
2: Yes, this got a lot of attention because a school actually in Florida was telling teachers
0: yeah. that they used cited this as mm-hmm. a reason for not being vaccinated. Defies
3: science. So,
0: always good to repeat. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Can you believe that a school was using this kind of rumor, this, this thing spreading like wildfire? Can we put it to rest, please? Okay, there, there's no evidence that the vaccines affect women's menstrual cycles. It's not even possible for the vaccines to affect women's menstrual cycles. It defies science, except whoopsie-daisy, turns out the vaccines change women's menstrual cycles. According to a new study published on Thursday, in the journal Obstetrics and Gynecology, just revealed that many women vaccinated against COVID-19 saw a delay in the onset of their menstrual periods compared to unvaccinated women. The National Institutes of Health have now admitted the possibility that the vaccines affect women's menstrual cycles. And the establishment media, including ABC, which ran that segment that we just heard, are admitting it too. Here's the ABC headline. COVID-19 vaccine linked to small temporary changes in menstrual cycles, study finds. You see, it's just a small change. It's just a, a temporary change. The public health experts and media propagandists who told us for the better part of a year that this vaccine side effect was not only non-existent but impossible are now telling us not to worry when it happens. If you still believe a word that comes out of these people's mouths, then I fear you are suffering from a side effect, not of the vaccines, but of the mass psychosis that our rulers have inflicted on society. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday from Keith Shaw, who says the only comparison between December 7th, September 11th, and January 6th is the amount of news coverage that they have received. That's true. That's true. Despite Kamala Harris saying that terrorists flying airplanes into buildings and killing 3,000 Americans is the same thing, very similar to a horn hat guy dancing around the Capitol rotunda, those events have nothing to do with one another except the media coverage that they've gotten. And and if the, the media succeed at mythologizing January 6th, They'll be thought of in much the same way in American history. That's a real downside of our propaganda machine that we have in this country. Now, if you want some upside, I would recommend you check out GetUpside. I'm thrilled to introduce an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about, GetUpside. My listeners right now are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up just by downloading the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and using promo code Knowles. Actually, I should go a little further. They're making $0.25 for every gallon, except for those first gallons. On your first fill-up, you can actually get up to $0.50 cash back, all right? Do not pay full price at the pump anymore. Do not leave cash on the table. Get cash back using GetUpside. It's super simple. Download the app, use promo code Knowles, you get the cash back very easily directly to your bank account, or if you prefer through an Amazon gift card or through PayPal or a few other ways too. There's no catch, whatever, just cash back. Download the Get Upside app right now from Google Play or the App Store. Use my promo code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. You will get back up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That is code Knowles. I have no reason to believe that the uh, relationship between the COVID vaccine and the menstrual cycle is anything more than a small and temporary change. It might very well be. just. uh, According to the study, it only delayed women's period by 15 hours, 17 hours. So it, it might be a small change. The issue is the experts and the public health gurus, and the officials, and the, the media journalist communicators told us that this could not happen, that it was not possible, that not only was there no evidence for it, but it, it, it defied the science, which means that these people, the public health experts, the gurus, the journalists, are either idiots, they have no idea what's going on, they just don't know what they're talking about, in which case we shouldn't believe a word they say, Or they're liars. They know that there very likely is a link, but they think that it's better to downplay it or to deny it altogether because they don't want to discourage people from getting the vaccine. They're they're deceivers, in which case there's no reason to believe a word they say. Or, as I suspect is the case, they're both. I think they're actually idiots and liars regardless. If you are still believing these people, the Fauci's, and the, med- bringing on now, our network medical analyst is coming on to debunk all these. If you believe these people, I can't help you. I, 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 after two years of this, of them getting caught in error after error and lie after willful, intentional lie after lie, I don't know how to help you. Then you're lost. You have been hypnotized because It's it's not just about this study or that study. It's not just about well, do the masks really protect against this kind of particle, or do they, or did Dr. Fauci really think they didn't work, or they really did work? It's not well, does the vaccine really change the matter? How much? It's not about the details. It's about the fact that these people either have no idea what they're talking about, or are lying to you, or both. Some people still don't get it. Whoopi Goldberg, host of The View. Just got the Rona, and she couldn't believe that she got the Rona because she did everything that the public health experts told her to do.
4: I left uh, a couple of weeks ago, just before the break, because uh, somebody I had been around tested positive for coronavirus. So I left. So I've been gone a long time. I feel, and I was all excited, and and uh, you know they have to test us, and so they sent people to test me, and. Uh, They tested me and it was like, oh, no, you're not you're not coming back. (laughs) We're not sending anybody to your house. You have Corona. And it was like, wait, what? (laughs) What? It was it was a shock because, you know, I'm triple vaxxed. uh, I haven't been anywhere. I haven't done anything. But that's the that's the thing about the Omicron. You just don't know where it is. You don't know where it is. Who's got it? who's passing it so you know it's one of those things where you think i've done everything i was supposed to do yeah it doesn't it doesn't um it doesn't stop omicron and that's the problem with a variant because it gets stronger and does different stuff to you so you know unless everybody gets vaccinated this is what we're going to be facing for the next uh I you know a little while
0: She's so close, but she still doesn't get it. Because did you hear what she said? She said, look, we, that's why we just all need to get vaccinated. Because right now what's happening is, is the unvaccinated are getting infected and the unvaccinated are allowing the virus to mutate and the unvaccinated are transmitting the virus. And so that's what we just all need to, we just need to more closely follow what these idiots are telling us to do. And then there won't be any more coronavirus. Except." except despite the fact that our rulers and the public health experts told us that the vaccines would stop us from being infected and transmitting the virus. They then reversed course and they admitted that the vaccines actually don't prevent you from contracting or transmitting the virus.
4: What they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. You know, we didn't have vaccines that block transmission.
3: We got vaccines that help you with your health, but they only slightly reduce the transmissions. We need a new new way of doing the vaccine.
2: The level of virus in the nasopharynx of a person who's vaccinated and infected is the same level as the level of virus in the nasopharynx of an unvaccinated person.
0: Reports from our international colleagues, including Israel, suggest
4: increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated early.
0: And
2: if you look at Israel, Mm -hmm. which has always been a month to a month and a half ahead of us, they are seeing a waning of immunity, not only against infection, but against hospitalizations and to some extent death. A booster might actually be an essential part of the primary regimen that people should have.
0: Everything we told you before isn't true, but do what we say now. That's what they're saying. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and expecting a different result. And that, that's what Whoopi Goldberg saying. She's saying, I did everything they told me to do and they told me I was going to be okay, but then I wasn't. And I got the vaccine and I got the vaccine and I got the booster and I, but I still got COVID and I was around people with the vaccines and the booster and I still got, it doesn't make sense. Oh, I guess I better just keep doing what they tell me to do. I, It's it's so strange. I was told that the vaccines could not possibly change my menstrual cycle, but then they did. Guess I better listen to the experts more. No, no, I don't. I don't think that's true. I think that if you have two brain cells to rub together, (laughs) I I hate to be so harsh, but if you have two brain cells to rub together, you, you must conclude at this point that whatever the experts tell you, about COVID, about the vaccines, about the masks, about, about what you should have for breakfast in the morning, is not credible. They might be right, but they'll only accidentally be right. They've squandered all of their credibility. It is as though people have been hypnotized. If one of my employees had as bad a record as all these genius experts and propagandists have for the past two years, I would fire them and then I would need to go check out ZipRecruiter. 2022 is going to be a huge year for a lot of businesses, okay? I think it's going to be true for almost all businesses, but in particular, certain industries. Pet services is one that's projected to explode. Fitness, digital events and conferences, home improvement. If you work for or own a business in one of those growing industries or a wide range of other industries, you probably need to hire ASAP. There's only one way to do it, ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles. ZipRecruiter uses powerful technology to find and match the right candidates with your job. Then it proactively presents these candidates to you. You can easily review the recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply for your job, which encourages them to apply faster. You're not just throwing spaghetti at the wall. You're actually going out there, finding the top candidates, inviting them to apply. No wonder... ZipRecruiter is the number one job recruitment tool in the US based on G2 ratings. ZipRecruiter's technology is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate in the first day. Right now, try it for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. It feels as though we are living in a mass psychosis. When you, when you walk up to a friend of yours or a family member and they've got three masks on and they've taken 57 jabs and they tell you they've done everything Dr. Fauci told them to do and then they're still getting the virus and they're still transmitting it and they can't make sense of it and they don't understand it but they just keep doing what Fauci tells them to do. It seems as though a, a man with a long pocket watch must have hypnotized them. And that is what Dr. Robert Malone who is one of the pioneers of the mRNA vaccines, though he's now become a big skeptic of the COVID response and of those vaccines. He went on Joe Rogan's show and he said, we are living in a sort of mass psychosis. What the heck happened in Germany in the 20s and 30s? You know, very intelligent, highly educated
2: population and they went barking mad. Um, And how did that happen? Um, The answer is mass formation psychosis. When you have a society that has become decoupled from each other and has free-floating anxiety in a sense that things don't make sense. We can't understand it. And then their attention gets focused by a leader or a series of events on one small point, just like hypnosis. They literally become hypnotized and can be led anywhere. And one of the aspects of that phenomena is the people that they identify as their leaders, the ones typically that come in and say, you have this pain and I can solve it for you, I and I alone, okay, can fix this problem for you. Okay, then they will lead they will follow that person through it doesn't matter whether they lie to him or whatever. The data are irrelevant. And furthermore, anybody
0: who questions that narrative is to be immediately attacked. They are the other. So what Robert Malone is describing here is he's saying, It seems like people have gone crazy. It seems like the people who are still following the, the rulers and the leaders who have gotten everything wrong, the fact that they're still following them seems crazy. And the fact that they're wearing all these masks and taking all these jabs and cowering in fear from the cough really seems kind of crazy, doesn't it? When he uses this phrase, mass formation psychosis, it's just a strange, unusual way of saying it, it seems like our whole society's gone nuts. And we're all under the spell of a ruling class that peddles its propaganda constantly. So in response to this, the ruling class and their propagandists issued a fact check. (laughs) And they said, Reuters, Reuters, fact check. There is no evidence to suggest a mass formation psychosis has occurred during the pandemic, experts told Reuters. Oh yeah, that's going to convince me that that didn't happen. Yeah, the fact that the hypnotists are denying it. Yeah, that'll totally convince me. (laughs) Do what you're getting very, very sleepy. Yeah, you're getting sleepy, sheep, and you need to give me all of your rights and your way of life. Hey, I think that guy's hypnotizing us. No, uh, no, I'm not. Uh, Doctor Fauci is totally not hypnotizing you. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. That's not whether it's it's true or not. That is not going to be persuasive when the people that you accuse of doing something wrong deny it and don't provide any evidence as to uh, how they're not doing that. It does does seem to me that the people who have led us, who have been exposed repeatedly as not knowing what they're talking about or deceiving us, that uh, maybe they're doing something wrong. And maybe that the fact that we continue to follow them is a sign that we're not totally in our right minds. Fact checks are the cheapest form of propaganda out there. Because what a what a fact check is, it was this phenomenon that really only became popular maybe 10 or so years ago. It, it was a way for left-wing news outlets to turn left-wing opinion columns into an unassailable news story. So many of these fact checks are simply... Uh, presenting a left-wing perspective on on certain facts, but they say, this is a fact, you have five Pinocchios. This is a fact, mostly true, mostly false, pants on fire. And because it's a fact, you're not not permitted to disagree with it. The the right-wing opinion here is that people have lost their minds, that people have gone crazy by following Dr. Fauci, that that it's not rational to follow Dr. Fauci. And then the left comes out and they say, no, it is rational. Fact check, seven Pinocchios. So I'll give you an example of a, a really egregious fact check. Reuters again came out, and they are focusing on vaccine adverse events, the side effects, the vaccine injuries, of which there are many. Since 1990, the U.S. Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, VAERS, has provided data on any adverse reactions that have been reported following a vaccination. Anyone can submit a report, which gives the system transparency, but is also a limitation. You see, what the fact check is, though you you might be seeing a lot of events reported in VAERS, the vaccine injury system, you got to remember these aren't verified vaccine injuries, okay? Anyone can submit a report. So there's a lot of problems here. You probably shouldn't believe all those vaccine injuries you see in VAERS, okay? So from that quote-unquote fact check, you would infer that vaccine injuries are over-reported in the vaccine adverse event reporting system, right? They're saying it's not verified. So presumably a lot of these are just not real. Ignore them. Forget about it. Except that not only are vaccine injuries not over-reported in VAERS, they're significantly underreported. They're under-reported by 99%, actually. There's a 2010 HHS review that came out of the VAERS system, the vaccine adverse event reporting system, showed, quote, Adverse events from drugs and vaccines are common, but underreported. Although 25% of ambulatory patients experience an adverse drug event, less than 0.3% of all adverse drug events, and 1 to 13% of serious events are reported to the FDA. Likewise, here's the money line, likewise, fewer than 1% of vaccine adverse events are reported. This is from the Department of Health and Human Services. You can get this on the government website right now. Less than 1%. So if you just read the fact check, you would would conclude the opposite of the facts. The fact is that there are a lot of vaccine injuries and they are drastically underreported. Almost none of them are reported (laughs) relative to the total number of vaccine injuries. But wait a second. I thought we were told by the propagandists that vaccine injuries either never happen or barely ever happen or look the other way or don't look at the man behind the curtain incredibly dishonest stuff. You're not just getting it out of Reuters and the propagandists, you're getting it from the Supreme Court. Sonia Sotomayor, the self-styled wise Latina woman on the Supreme Court, that's how she pitched herself to to join the court. She was hearing oral arguments over the Biden administration's vaccine mandate, and she pulled a fact of, of COVID hospitalizations out of thin air.
4: We have hospitals that are almost at full capacity with people severely ill on ventilators. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators.
0: 100,000 children in very serious condition hospitalized many of that 100,000 on ventilators. That's just completely made up. There are, right now... And this is the most wild, outlandish, generous liberal estimate. There were fewer than 3,500 pediatric hospitalizations from COVID. How many of those are really serious? Totally unclear, because a lot of people are pretty trigger happy now. If they get the cough, they'll run to the hospital. Fewer than 3,500 hospitalizations. Very different than 100,000. I'm beginning to conclude that Justice Sotomayor may not be the wisest Latina woman out there. I'm beginning to, but she went to very fancy schools. I think she went to Yale Law School. She's on the Supreme Court and she seems to believe this stuff. If a United States Supreme Court justice believes a completely outlandish delusion about the scope of the coronavirus epidemic, I suspect a lot of other people do too. I suspect that the fantasy is driving our discourse much more than the facts. And I suspect that we are living our lives and ordering our society and making our laws and rules much more based on fantasy than on fact. I think if people knew the facts about the risk to children we would have reopened the schools much, much sooner. I think if people knew the facts about the COVID risk to relatively young, relatively healthy people, we would have gone back to work a long, long time ago. I just had COVID. I just recovered about a week ago. It wasn't pleasant, but it's fine. My whole family had. It wasn't pleasant. It's fine. People get sick. That's what happens. I think if if women knew the facts about the now- accepted reality that the vaccines can alter a woman's menstrual cycle, at least somewhat, then maybe they would be more reluctant to get it, or they would, they would have some justification for refusing to get it. If people knew the facts about the moral compromise involved in creating the vaccines, if people knew the risk, if people knew the realities here, and if people knew that the public health experts, quote unquote, and the officials and their propagandists in the media, if they knew that they were freaking lying to us, And just getting stuff wrong constantly from the very beginning, they might look on this biomedical terror regime with a little more skepticism. But the liberal establishment has done basically a pretty good job at controlling the narrative. With fact check after fact check after fact check that if you contradict it, you could be ostracized, censored, kicked out of society and no one will hear from you. Again, you know, when everyone else was kneeling, some men had the courage to stand alone. One of those men is NBA star Jonathan Isaac, who, despite facing heavy criticism from the media for his views on social issues and vaccines over the past few years, still stood strong, which is why I'm extraordinarily excited to announce that he has decided to write a book with The Daily Wire called Why I Stand. Jonathan's book will be about the rise of his basketball career, his journey into faith, and his strength to stand alone in the face of immense pressure. Check out this teaser.
2: The Orlando Magic's 23-year-old starting forward is deeply religious and proudly unvaccinated. On Friday, Isaac got attention for choosing not to kneel in unison with his teammates or to wear a Black Lives Matter shirt. My name is Jonathan Isaac. I play for the Orlando Magic and I'm writing a book with the Daily Wire. Courage does not mean the absence of fear. And in today's day, there are so many things that you can be afraid of facing because of believing what you believe or deciding to stand for what you believe in. And I believe this book gives you a blueprint of my story of how Christ has made the difference in my life, from a young kid who struggled with fear, anxiety, uh, self-insecurity, to a man willing to stand for what he believes in.
0: I can't wait. It looks terrific. Jonathan is a great guy, and I love that he had the guts to stand firm. So his book will be one of the first under Daily Wire's new publishing arm, DW Books. We could not be happier to have him on board. The book is available for pre-order now at Amazon, so reserve your copy today. We will be right back with a lot more. If you believe what Justice Sonia Sotomayor said during oral arguments on the vaccine mandate case, if you believe that there are 100,000 kids right now on death's door in the hospital from COVID, you would probably be pretty freaked out. The fact that there aren't, that she completely made that up is beside the point. If that were true, you would probably be pretty scared. Which brings up the craziest tweet thread I think I've I've ever read. This was a, a tweet thread from Bob Wachter. Bob Wachter has a a 28-year-old son who got COVID. He writes, I've been tweeting about COVID for nearly two years, but this week it became personal when my 28-year-old younger son got it. With his permission, I'll describe his experience and how I approached the situation given the realities of life and the rapidly changing evidence. My son, who lives in San Francisco, is generally healthy but overweight, placing him in a moderately high-risk group. Real nice to call your son fat in public, whatever. He's been quite careful since March 2020 and has received three Modernas. He used to wear a two-ply cloth mask. Since Ami, I guess that's the nickname for Omicron, he switched to a KN95 with my encouragement in quotes. He works in downtown San Francisco in customer service, so he has a lot of people contact. I've worried that he'd get it from work or from the bus, but that's not how it happened. Instead, one of the few friends he sometimes sees in person, another fully vaxxed young person who has also been quite careful, came over Monday night to watch a movie. She felt fine, as did he. Wednesday AM, 36 hours later, he woke up and felt awful. Sore throat, dry cough, muscle aches, chills, no taste or smell abnormalities. I told him to stay home, drink fluids, and take Tylenol or Advil. Local pharmacies were all out of rapid tests, but I had one stashed away. He came outside, I wore an N95, and we ran it with a nasal swab. It was negative. I was a little reassured, though it was he was not. Dad, it just feels like I felt after my vaccine, he said. He seemed sick enough to be infectious. I wondered if he'd be an example of the newly reported problems with false negative rapid tests in the first days of an Omicron infection. He called the UC San Francisco Hospital's COVID hotline. He's a patient to get a PCR or a color PCR. This is, we're now six tweets in. We're six tweets in, talks about the test that he got. Says the next day I called him at 9 a.m. No answer. My brain knows the odds of a fully vaxxed young person dying or near zero. Still, I wondered briefly if he'd survived the night. Survived the night because he had a cough. Survived the night because he had the symptoms of a cold. Goes on and on and on and on. We now get to the, the 24th tweet in this thread. Should he have watched movies with his friend? I think so. It seemed like a fairly safe encounter. But while AMI is surging, even low-risk stuff, things that were safe last month may now be risky. Given how quickly this storm may pass, it seems wise to hunker down a bit. Just a bit. Just a few more years. Just hunker down a few more years. My son should be okay, but the illness and the anxiety it causes are miserable. Resigning ourselves to getting Omicron doesn't seem right, especially since the surge may be short-lived. I still think it's an experience best avoided for you and your loved ones if you can. So I got to the end. I got to the end. I read the whole thing. I thought, oh God, I hope his son doesn't die. That must be. That's the only reason you'd write a twenty-five. No, his son is just fine. His son got the equivalent of a cold, his twenty-eight-year-old son, and is fine. That's the point. I could have done that in two sentences. He did it in twenty-five tweets. This is not just some random kook. That wouldn't be news if it were some random kook, neurotic, writing this 25 tweet thread. This man is the chairman of the medicine department at UC San Francisco. This this man is one of the experts. He's one of the, the gurus leading us through this epidemic. And he has clearly lost his marbles. He is out of his mind, absolutely ravaged by fear and neurosis. I am older than this man's son by a few years. I have been smoking cigars since I was 15. I have not exercised since the Obama administration. When I got COVID, I didn't really tell anyone. I think I took a couple Advil once. I changed absolutely nothing about my behavior or life. And now I feel just fine. That should, I hope that's reassuring. This man is saying that we shouldn't watch movies with our friends, just a few more years to slow the spread. This is the evidence of the mass psychosis. Remember when Reuters said there's no there's no evidence of mass psychosis, no evidence of hypnotism. This is the evidence. This is a psychosis. We need to stop this. So how do you stop it? Because <laughs> as anyone who's ever gotten a, into an argument with his wife can attest, saying calm down. Is not an effective strategy to get someone to calm down. <laughs> Saying, "Well, how do I stop being so nervous?" Well, just don't be nervous. Well, easier said than done. So, how do you do it? How do you get society to stop being so neurotic and terrified and on a hair trigger all the time? This is going to sound a little unorthodox. We need to stop testing for coronavirus. We we just need to stop testing. We're we are all taking way too well. Not all. I don't. I, almost never take a test for coronavirus, but only when I absolutely am forced to it basically at gunpoint will I do it. But a lot of people are taking a lot of tests for the coronavirus. Stop it. You should stop doing it. The consensus view, as you heard from the Washington Post's Paul Kane on CNN, is that we, we just need more tests in America. He's actually criticizing Joe Biden because Biden is not sending out enough tests.
1: Which is it right now that is the biggest problem uh, given the Omicron surge and, and what we're looking at right now? Uh, it's the worst kind of problem. They have a policy problem and a messaging problem. Uh, the, the policy side is, is they went with a vaccine-only approach, uh, practically. Not, not entirely, but very close. They thought they could vaccinate their way out of this problem. And, Phil, how many times in 2020, when you were back up on the Hill, how many times did Nancy Pelosi start press conferences by saying, testing, 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 every single time? Every single time she said, testing, testing, testing. And this administration, with all the money in the world from the bipartisan deals of 2020 and the uh, unilateral Democratic uh, $1.9 trillion bill in March, they had all the money in the world for testing, and they just didn't focus on it. And that was a huge mistake. It's a huge mistake. They were always going to need testing to get out of the school issue. Um, and now the messaging in terms of what comes out of the CDC is just as confusing as it ever was.
0: Why do we need more testing? Why did we always need more testing to get out of the school issue? Here's how I would get out of the school issue. Go back to school. I, governor of whatever state, I, president of the United States, I, I mayor of Palookaville, I say, go back to school, shut up teacher unions, go back to school, you'll be fine. People have gone to school during flus, during colds, during epidemics. It's fine. Just go back to school and shut your mouths. That's how you do it. But no, you need the testing. Why do you need the testing? On the contrary, testing will not allow us to get back to normal. It will stop us from ever getting back to normal. Because when you test, when you test everyone in the country all the time for a mild illness, you're going to get some positive results. And when everyone is constantly on a hair trigger about locking down and and, and and terrified, deathly terrified of this virus, then every time you get a positive test, you're going to shut down the schools again. This is what's happening for my friends and relatives. They send their kids to these schools or preschools, and then one kid tests positive, and they shut this place down for a week. But if you test everyone all the time, for an extraordinarily contagious virus that isn't really that dangerous to the vast, vast, vast majority of people, you're always going to get a positive test and you're always going to lock down. The reason that the liberal establishment is now clamoring for more tests is because they don't want the epidemic to go away. They always want these emergency powers. They always want to be able to rule you with whim and caprice And they never want you to question what they're saying, even when what they're saying is contradicting what they said the day before. This is a power play. This has been a power play from day one. They've done everything they can in terms of the vaccines. They've done everything that they said was going to work in terms of locking down and making everyone wear masks, and that didn't really work. They haven't done everything they can in terms of getting therapeutics out there. They've actually suppressed a number of therapeutics that, that would have helped some people to recover from the virus more quickly. They have said no, forget about that because they've taken, as that Washington Post correspondent says, a vaccine only approach, and they didn't want therapeutics to get into the way of the narrative that everyone needs to take the vaccine. So that was one big mistake they made. But they've they've done what they are going to do. And just testing everyone and freaking everyone out all the time over what is effectively, for the vast majority of people, a mild cold is only going to prolong this. Do you know who gets this? Maybe one man in America who is in elected office gets this. That would be Ron DeSantis down in Florida, who says we've got to stop the testing.
3: Now, think about it. Before COVID, did anyone go out and seek testing to determine if they were sick? It's usually you feel like you're sick, and then you get tested to determine what, you're, what you maybe have come down with. And so this is kind of a new thing where they've been saying just go out and test all the time. And Again, you're free to do it, but I think what what the the DOH guidance from Florida is saying is that is unlikely to yield very much clinical value for you, and it also creates a lot of second-order follow-up problems. It's essentially a lockdown by stealth in the sense of if you test positive but you're not sick or have symptoms, you may have to isolate they don't even know the test can't tell you if you're even infectious or not. And these PCR tests, you can test positive for weeks after you've been infected, months even in some cases. And so what happens is blanket testing of healthy people, it leads to some kids being not, not in school. It leads to people not being able to go to work and some doing some of these isolation, which is may not even be justified. Absolutely right.
0: 100%. This guy gets it. This guy gets it. All that more testing is going to lead to is more lockdowns. When did we start taking tests to find out if we were going to get sick? Now, what the libs are saying in response is, you idiot, Ron DeSantis, what about cancer screenings? Because Ron DeSantis' wife is, is struggling with cancer and she's fighting against cancer right now. They're saying, you idiot, you rube, you don't even know that people get cancer screenings to, to make sure that, that they, they aren't sick. That's true. For certain very, very deadly illnesses, we will every year or two years or five years or 10 years get certain tests done to make sure that everything's looking good. Because in some cases, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. We don't do that for the flu. We don't do that for the common cold. We shouldn't do that for COVID, which let's say is stronger and more dangerous than the flu to some degree. I don't think we would do that for double flu, super flu, super duper mecca cold. We wouldn't we wouldn't do that sort of thing. You, you wait until you get sick. If, if there were 100,000 kids right now dying on ventilators in hospitals from COVID, that would be a different story. If the narrative we were told about COVID by the public health experts were true, that might be a different story. But it's not. It's been proven wrong time and time again. And so when you look at what the facts actually are, you should calibrate your policy to the facts. And that's very inconvenient for the liberal establishment, which is trying to use this cough to completely reorder society. And to a large degree has succeeded at doing that. Speaking of reordering society, I'm sure everyone was glued to their screens this weekend, watching the sports event of the year, the hotly contested women's Ivy League 100 meter race. Right, of course, we we all, we watch that, we set our alarms, we say how, and this is very important now, especially because it's a matter of social justice, because now in women's college sports, men are competing, men who say that they're women so that they can set new records and break new ground for men taking stuff from women. Okay, the headline from the Women's Ivy League 100-meter race is that the Yale transgender swimmer beat the beat the pen transgender swimmer in the women's competition. Bula, bula, (laughs) hooray for justice. Now, when most people read this, they assumed it was a dude who's pretending to be a woman beat another dude who's pretending to be a woman at the women's sport. And this just shows you how awful it is and transgenderism is destroying women's sports. But there's a twist to this story which is that the Yale transgender swimmer is a woman who wants to become a man, but she allegedly hasn't started taking hormones or chemicals yet, so she's still allowed to compete on the women's team. And the Penn transgender swimmer is a man who is pretending to be a woman, but he's obviously physically much bigger and stronger than all the other women, so he keeps winning all the races, but he lost to the girl who's pretending to be a man. This actually throws a wrench into the transgenderism narrative of, of a lot of people on the right. But it doesn't throw a wrench into my theory on transgenderism. I can't believe it. This, we talked about this, I think, on the very last episode of the show on Friday, Thursday or Friday of last week. I mentioned that, and I've, I've said this before as well, that it's a mistake for conservatives to stake their argument against transgenderism on fairness in women's sports or some other disingenuous point that no one really cares about. Uh, No, I don't really care who gets the medal at the women's track meet. That's not what's, what's wrong with transgenderism is, is not that it takes some accolades away from 11th grade girls. What's wrong with transgenderism is that it contradicts reality. If if you stake your argument against transgenderism on women not being able to compete in women's sports anymore, then this story about the Yale trans swimmer beating the pen trans swimmer completely destroys your argument. Because in this case, the woman beat the man. And you know, that's going to happen sometimes. I don't really know the details here. It's being reported that the woman is not on any steroids. It's being reported that the man tried his hardest and he didn't, he didn't throw the race. And I I don't know, but maybe, maybe one in a million, the, the woman beats the man. It could be the case. So then that's not a, that's not a big deal. Okay, good. That's fine. Then the men, then the men can compete in women's sports and the women have a fighting chance. If fairness in women's sports is the standard, conservatives just lost. If reality is the standard, conservatives still have an argument. When we stake our arguments on statistics, we're going to lose because there are lies, damned lies, and statistics. When when we, the, Rhonda Santos was talking about this too. If you're staking your argument as to why we shouldn't completely reorder society and take away all of people's rights and close all the churches and shut down business and have a massive transfer of wealth, largest in human history, from the poorer classes to the upper classes, if you're basing that on testing statistics or even hospitalization statistics, you're going to lose because everyone's got their own statistics. If you base it on justice, you're going to have a much better argument. It is unjust to take away all people's rights and give it all to Dr. Fauci, the schmuck who lies out of both sides of his mouth every single day. That would be unjust regardless of the statistics. Then you've got a stronger argument. It's unjust. It's just simply wrong for men to pretend to be women in our society. It's just not right. They're not women and we shouldn't indulge delusion and the truth will set you free. If you make that argument, then transgenderism is still preposterous. But if you try to make the squishy, we're all individuals, kind of libertarian, you do you, I'll do me, but don't infringe on my right to win the trophy. If you make that argument, you're not going to win. The the Yale trans swimmer just destroyed your argument. Speaking of weird sex stuff, Britney Spears is celebrating her release from her conservatorship, the hashtag free Britney campaign, by tweeting out a fully nude photo of herself, or I suppose posting it to Instagram. The caption reads, quote, free woman energy has never felt better. And I'm beginning to think maybe this free Britney campaign was not such a great idea after all. 12-year-old Michael, I'm sure, is furious right now with 31-year-old Michael for complaining about a naked photo of Britney Spears. That's probably probably true. But I have to complain about it because this is not a great idea. It, It actually does undermine the free Britney argument because this is pretty strange wacky, self-destructive behavior. Now, Britney Spears is a pop star, and pop stars do these sorts of things, so it's not completely out of the ordinary. But the purpose of a conservatorship is to put some constraints on people's autonomy and individual choices because they are not capable of handling their freedom, right? maybe it's because you've got some mental problem, maybe it's because you've got a drug problem, but The idea behind a conservatorship is not to take away your freedom, but actually to protect your freedom from your own basest desires and your own basest inclinations, which will destroy your freedom. It gets down to this argument that we're having on the right right now about what freedom really is. And the libertarians are saying that, I'm painting with something of a broad brush, but generally, the libertarians are saying freedom is the ability to do whatever you want whenever you want to do it. If I want to do drugs and and sleep around and have all sorts of self-destructive behaviors, that's my freedom. And the conservatives are saying, no, freedom isn't the ability to just do whatever you want whenever you want to do it. Freedom is the right to do what you ought to do. So for the libertarian point of view, the modern liberal point of view, freedom is the heroin addict shooting up heroin. But the conservative knows that the heroin addict is not free. He's actually a slave to his own basis desires. If if a society treats its freedom as an excuse to just get naked and dance around and do a bunch of drugs and sleep around and abuse liberty to licentiousness, in the words of our founding fathers, then we're not going to stay free for very long. That that kind of people is not capable of freedom. And so some guardrails are going to have to be put on their individual choice. And that's what you're seeing happen in your government. I don't really care that much about the Britney Spears story in and of itself, but I care about the political significance of it. What we have done as a people in recent decades is strip naked and post a bunch of pictures of ourselves on Instagram, literally in many cases, but figuratively as well we have abused our freedom to licentiousness we have proven ourselves incapable of freedom in many instances we can't even really conduct elections anymore no one trusts the result of our national elections anymore democrats didn't trust 2016 republicans don't trust 2020 democrats don't pr- trust 2000 we can't we we've torched our cities over the past year and by we i mean leftists have torched the cities over the past year we don't we're, we don't we can't defend our national borders we can't educate ourselves. We can't, we're not, And so what's going to happen inevitably is someone is going to impose order from without. If we are not capable of freedom, then someone else is going to impose order from outside. That's the way it goes here. Before we go, I need to get to one point from Justice Neil Gorsuch because this is to talk about fake news going around about COVID. Justice Gorsuch it was hearing the oral arguments in the case over the Biden vaccine mandate. Gorsuch said that every year, a lot of people die from the flu. This was misreported as Gorsuch saying that every year, hundreds of thousands of people die from the flu. Flu kills, I believe, hundreds of thousands of people every year. So this was reported as him saying flu kills hundreds of thousands of people a year. But what you heard right there, it was a transcription error. What he said was, it kills hundreds, thousands of people a year. Now, that's true in the United States. In the United States, flu kills tens of thousands of people a year. And there were all the fact checkers saying, Gorsuch got this wrong. It's actually only tens of thousands of people. But worldwide, flu does kill hundreds of thousands of people every year. And it's a lesson for all of us, okay? He, di- he didn't say that. But if you look at flu worldwide, even the, the thing that the fact checkers were debunking actually is true, And it puts a lot in perspective here, folks. We used to live with illness. We used to live with risk. We used to live with some degree of personal responsibility. And now we're not willing to do that. We're all cowering in the corner and writing 25 tweet threads about how scared we are of getting the cough. That kind of a people is not going to be capable of freedom and the way of life that we once cherished. So which is it? Which way, American man? I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. Production Manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and Associate Producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate Producer, Justine Turley. Audio Mixer, Mike Coromina. And Hair and Makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. Today on the Ben Shapiro Show, appointed to the Supreme
2: Court as a wise Latina, Justice Sonia Sotomayor proves herself a fool. That's today on the Ben Shapiro Show. Give it a listen.